We got the truth. We got the truth. We got the truth. A small business. We got the truth. Mm. We got the truth. We got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent. Yes I Rent. Yes, I rent property management. What? Place good tents and collect your rent. Maintain your properties and account for it. Truth. We got the truth. We got the truths. We got the big truths. Small business sponsored by Yes, I rent. Hey, hey, hey. Joe Watkins, Travis Castle here with the big truths of small business. And yes, we are sponsored by Yes, I Rent Property Management, the best single-family residential property management company in Metro Atlanta. Please go to their website at yesirent.com, where you also will find the podcast, The Big Truths of Small Business, and The Rental Property Hangover, as well as all of your popular networks. Travis, we're back. It's been a little bit. Joe, it's good to see you again. And it's been so long, we've had to figure out how we get part two of the reprogram series. Man. Last show was was called, uh, in short, interrupt. You got to interrupt some things in your business in order to and 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 begin the reprogramming of our minds. Oftentimes, to evoke the similar kind of change we'd be looking for, as if a crisis hit your front door. And what we're trying to do is go, hey. Without the crisis, how do we get the same behavior? That's where this series came from. We're calling it Reprogram, and we're in Reprogram Part 2. Part 1, if you didn't listen to it, it's on the previous show. We just discussed, I don't know, what are the things that, that get you there? That need, how, how does the program get created to begin with? Mm. And so we've, we, we've, we figured we need to de- describe and show one what, how the program gets created. And now this show is going to talk a little bit about how we deprogram. So the program as a part of our immense research for the last show, what, what I remember in researching that was I call it ruminating was yesterday's bad decisions. Yesterday's pain becomes today's predictable future. And I thought about that. Is that really true? You know, are we are we basically like a piece of software just running out the same program over and over and over? And and we sort of answered in that show a little bit as to why we do that. And I think it's true. I sort of so I kind of caught myself doing what uh, we had researched there, which was waking up, thinking about the day in the context of yesterday. And yesterday sort of taints your decisions, your emotions, really, around what's going to happen today. And Which could be a good thing if, if we're in a good a good role, right? It's not necessarily a bad good thing. Good momentum is good. Bad momentum is bad. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it, yeah, it depends on where you're at. So so yeah, so in the in the understanding of how the program gets created in short, uh, as a synopsis, uh, we discussed that when when behaviors are done over and over again that your body actually begins to imprint the behavior back to your mind. Your mind, your mind may, you may have decided you're going to do this, but once you've done it and it becomes rote, uh, get, getting the co- coffee every morning was a, just a simple example. I got to have my coffee in the morning. That's 
Trump. I mean, I mean, are you, is your brain telling you you need to have coffee or is your body telling you you need to have coffee? Cause you've actually programmed your body to want caffeine at seven o'clock every morning. That's right. And th- there was certainly yeah. a time where your body didn't want it and your brain began to program that. Right. Right. So. And so if you have, you know, bad past memories and, you, and you've not relinquished those, then those things are still cycling through the mind that's creating the behaviors that you've created to either, you know, suppress those, those things or whatever the case may be, you've, you've created a program and it's the program that's been created off time that, that imprints back, back to your mind. And you don't even know what's happening. It's almost subconscious that we're trying to break in order to maybe create the same kind of change that you are, that you would get when, when you have a crisis. So that's, there's a short of the, of the previous show. So this is how to reprogram the unwanted familiar past. That's wow, a mouthful. There. Part two, so, reprogram say, say part that two. One more time. Reprogram part two, how to reprogram the unwanted familiar past. The unwanted. Okay. Yep. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, and this is, again, guys, Big Tree is a small business. It's a living room conversation. This is a couple of guys who love how the mind works. We love to philosophy. We love to take both sides of the, of, of the issue. So don't, 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 don't put one show against the other and say, well, they took the opposite side. Of course we did. That's what good business people do. We can take both sides. Joe, I'm willing to be wrong. It doesn't happen often, but I'm willing to be wrong. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, reprogramming. Um, you've got a couple. I'm going to, I'm going to. I think the first one you said is, uh, and I think you can expound on this is you got to let go of the regrets to, in order to reprogram, you've got to be able to isolate what your brain is, is re is, is, is or body and brain or what program they're on. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a part of all of this is, but I think this is a big part of the self-awareness conversation that we mentioned. seems like, Everybody well, that, that is the big truth. Right? That's the big truth. But letting go of regrets. I mean, how, you know, again, a regret by nature is something that's already happened. It's in the past. I regret something I did. I said a decision that I made. Well, the reality is it lives in the past and only lives in the future is if you continue to think about it and, and, and regret that. Now, there's a conversation around why did I regret it? And is it, what was the lesson learned with that regret? And I think that's all healthy. I think the idea that I made a bad decision, made a bad choice, I'm going to learn from it and move on and not do it again. I think all that's good, but I think the spirit of this let go of regrets is, you know, that thing that I did that I just keep thinking, man, if I had just done that differently, I would be in a different position today. You know, that decision now is responsible for the life I'm living and I'm just sort of marinating in that regret. And I think that has to be confronted. And at some point, that's got to get off. When you wake up in the morning, that regret can't be what you think about. Or it frames the rest of the day. That's right. <clears throat> well, and, and part of those regrets, uh, I mean, what makes up the regrets, right? You get to dig in a little bit to see what actually they're composed of. Um, sometimes the 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 piece we might cling on to is not really 
it's a it's it's manufactured out of the deeper root and uh i I think that's i'm not here to be a counselor but but what i am saying is is that one has some complexity around it i think and and i think actually when we look at this reprogram thing i think what we're going to find in a lot of this is it takes having maybe some people alongside of you to help I think it's very helpful because I think when it comes to regrets specifically, we're talking all this ends up, like you said, this is counseling type stuff, but all this, all this ends up as an emotion, right? And, and I'm remembering something that happened. I'm not necessarily remembering exactly what happened. I'm remembering how I felt about what happened. Right. And that's, that's what I'm taking away with me. So yes, to have somebody that's kind of third party, remote doesn't have a dog in that fight to help me break down that regret and see it for what it is. Now, look, if I'm totally responsible, it all lands on me. That's healthy too. I think if, if we can get to that point and say, well, you know, look, if I'm totally responsible, then I'm in complete control of it not happening again. So there's a, you know, there's a positive in confronting that regret, but just be for sure. I think what we're saying is that you're confronting the reality of what happened. Well, this one kind of is, is, is number two. Uh, that really kind of is a good follow-up to let go of the regrets because this would be an example of this. Regrets would be an example of this. Accept the things you cannot change. Accept the things you cannot change. Well, you you can't change the past. That's right. You you can draw a line here and you can, and you can, you can maybe try to make some amends for some of the things in the past, but you really can't change it. And so you, 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 you being depressed or ruminating in your regrets or any other thing that you just don't have the power to change. Like you can't change other people. You know, you, well, you can't change where New York city is. You can't change right. that. That maybe the, you have a brick and mortar business sitting in, uh, you know, uh, an area that gets rain, you know, 70% of the year, um, unless you decide you're going to move the whole business. But I mean, the point is if some things are not, you can't change the weather. So I think this is another one where guys who are generally pretty successful and things have kind of went their way as long as they grinded hard enough and, and kind of overcame the obstacles begin to think that there's nothing that they can't change. And I think that's kind of where the devil lies in this part of it is, you know, again, a a third party, a trusted friend, a counselor, a coach that comes in and says, well, look, I mean, you don't own this piece. You know what? And maybe it's the piece, by the way, that made you fairly successful, that you actually want to own that piece. You actually want to take credit for it. But but maybe maybe that's not actually yours to own, right? So again, confronting it in the truth of what I can't change is freeing, but it can also uh, be a mirror that you have to hold up. Yeah, so we, I made these couple notes here. Um, this may be controversial here, but uh, <clears throat> pushing hope out when it's not real. Travis, you're not going to play a PGA Tour golf. Mm. You're not going to play a senior PGA Tour golf. Mm. Why? Because you're going to be playing against Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods who've been doing competitive golf on the tour for, for 30 years. You're not doing it. Pretty disappointing. So if you are operating around the hope that that is possible at this point, I am. 
you are all operating on false hope and false hope according to you in my notes is death. <laughs> and this is the <laughs> and this is the, the 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 feel good part of the show ladies and gentlemen. That's what I bring. Where, I bring the feel good. Where we tell you that false hope equals your demise. <laughs> and and hey, look it is true. It is true because what happens you get to the end of your hope eventually. Uh, hope is good for the, what they say. The other side of this is man can't survive without hope. Yeah, nobody wants to lose hope. It's not what we're saying. It has to be pointed in reality, reality. In, in, in the right direction. So I guess, I guess the point there to me is uh, false hope gets found out, and it's usually pretty painful, usually pretty ugly. It's, it's usually a lot less painful to interrupt that earlier rather than later. Well, I, I want to say this, that I like, Let's just use the the golf example, or maybe American Idol. You know, something like singing for a living example. If you are dealing in reality, then and you are looking to be the American Idol, then you probably should surround yourself with people who are willing to give you honest criticism. Um, that honest criticism should not be used to decide for you your outcome and your future. But if you ignore it, especially from people that actually can give you real criticism in those areas, if you ignore it, then you're then you are now giving yourself false hope for what for what you're trying to accomplish. So I, I think that that hope is powerful when you use it for improvement and you are really looking for the tools to improve. Um, and sometimes by some radical transformation, people go way beyond what anybody would ever perceive their ability to accomplish something. So I don't want to remove someone's you know, idea of that, that anything's possible, but it's not possible based on the hope alone. That's right. There has to be actions that, that surround these goals and, the, and, and these outcomes. And, and, uh, and then you can have hope that things will be better. So Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship this weekend. It, 50, almost 51. I think it's 50 years, 11 ten, months. 10 months. 10 yeah, months, months, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And his quote, I'm misquoting it, but his quote was, while I believed that this can happen, I'm shocked that it did. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly Phil Mickelson on any given four days playing his best golf, which is probably what we saw this past weekend, could still beat anybody. Right, I mean, his hope was grounded in reality. Now, look, there's been, it was something like, am I wrong in saying it was like 400 and something majors played in the history of like golf? I can't remember. Maybe that's too many. Hundreds of major championships played. Nobody who's 50 years and 10 months old has ever won a major championship. Yeah, it was first ever. Yeah, like there's no. Like, He's the oldest ever. Yeah, there, there's no like historical reason to actually believe he could do it. Yeah. But it's a reasonable belief for him to hold that he could do it based on being Phil Mickelson. Yeah, and what he's, how close he's been in various tournaments and that kind of thing. Because he actually understood what it took to win a major championship because he's done it. He well, just did it at a younger age. And, he, and here's the interesting thing about, about him is he also understood that at 50, the preparation to win a major is different than the preparation was at 25 or 30. Right. I think his first one wasn't until his 30s, but. So, and one of the things that was kind of interesting to me is he said, um, I've been playing anywhere between 36 and 54 holes 
of serious focused golf practice a day. A day. Yeah. Why is he doing that? Well, because he's he's looking back at his last, you know, 10 years and saying, I'm losing focus. I get through, you know, 12, 13 holes and I begin to lose focus and and and, and not execute. Mm. So he's decided to 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 here's what he said. He said, I, I'm gonna start exercising my brain muscle not just my body muscle and i'm going to teach my brain that 36 holes of golf in a day is actually normal and i'm going to focus through all 36 so when i do have the 18 on sunday yeah. my brain just goes it just adopts the fact that he can they can focus for for, for 18 holes i thought that was brilliant that's brilliant and he, he also did something else that we're actually we talked about in the in the previous podcast we're talking about a little bit today which is he intentionally moved and walked slower. Mm-hmm. And I noticed it once they said it, you noticed, wow, Phil's lagging behind his caddy. Unquestionably. He's, he's definitely walking at a pace that somebody who's not agitated, not nervous, and, and surely he was agitated and nervous during that final round, but that's only heightened by walking really fast and, and moving quickly and making a quick decision to get it over with type thing, which... Frankly, he's been guilty of doing in his career in big moments in the past. Well, his idea of changing his future was built around his physicality as much as it was anything else. Is hey, the guy that's confident that's going to win these tournaments, he's going to walk at a pretty slow pace and kind of take things at his pace. Well, it's it very intentional. It was it was built around maybe some weaknesses he had in the past, and 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 that's what we got to do. We got to look at where we are, and we got to build a a new program for new results. That's right. And that's what he did. That's what he did. He literally built a new program. That's right. And I mean, he lost weight. It's the, he, he said he is more healthy and he looks better at 50 than he did at 35. Oh, he hits the ball. Did you see the stats? So he, yeah, I mean, he hit one he, like, I mean, he hit some crazy. Long. Well, he hits it like 20 yards farther than he did in 2017. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't get, you don't, you get don't go from 40, you know, seven years old to whatever and, and hit it farther. So. so he had real hope because he was, he was doing real things to change That's right. the result, right? He was, he, went, in, he, was, he was just hoping that the same thing would produce. His, his hope result. was founded in reality yep. and he actually interrupted what he was doing. So acceptance of what you cannot change. That is a second reprogram. Bullet point there. Number three. We've talked about this on many shows. We believe in this. I think it's something that I like to continue to raise up in my mind. Environmental change. Sometimes when you, you know, why does a crisis create immediate change? Well, a lot of times it, it, it changes the environment immediately. Uh, you know, it's, you're living in one state, your, you know, your parent passes away in another state, he has a business, there's all these things to attend to, you get removed from your environment, your focus gets completely focused over here in a new, new environment. It's just, like a, it's just like a hard shift that can occur. So environmental change meaning place, change the place that you go to, the places you go to, where you eat, maybe... If you're eating the same breakfast every morning, maybe mix that up. Uh, you know, friends, relationships, maybe change your job. You know, just routines and habits maybe could be part of your environment. So changing your environment, you got some more thoughts on that? 
Well, I mean, I think we all experience, or most of us experience this. Joe, you and I talk about it when we go on vacation. So I like to go places that look very different, as I'm sure most people do, to my everyday surroundings. Like I like to see palm trees, or I like to see the desert. I like to see mountains. Anything that's just utterly different. Well, why is that? Well, it's cool and everything. But after a day or two, I honestly sort of, my perspective changes on other things. I, I, so I can't really calculate why this is and give you the, the how-to. I just know that as a practice, the environment changes your perspective. What well, does? And, and so if we're trying to evoke a change in the way we view and look at things, that's something we have control over. We can change our environment. Uh, you know, it was very important to me when in, in this the office building that we're in to create an environment that was just a, a completely different first-class home-feeling environment. Uh, so I would want to get up and go to work mm-hmm. because I was struggling with getting out the door and wanting to go to a building somewhere. If it wasn't a building, I was attracted to. So, you know, is it worth the money to do that if it gets that result? I think it, it is because me not getting out of, the, out of the bed every morning and wanting to go to work is a problem. That could <laughs> so, become a problem. That could become a problem. So, so environmental changes are important. Uh, so reprogramming yourself intentionally, I think that's one of, one of the easiest things you can do is, is begin to look at your environment. Who around you? What friends around you are pulling you in a direction you don't want to go? Maybe stop spending time with those friends or spending so much time with those friends, right? Well, it's, it's a fundamental of the show. It's another fundamental of the, uh, the big truths is you, you know, the things we tell our kids are, are cliches. They're true for a reason. You know, look at your five people you spend the most time around and that's going to be you soon. Uh, so, it, it, it's true in terms of what we're discussing now. And it's, it's kind of one of the easier things to do. I mean, we're talking about earlier today, you want to get in shape, maybe join a gym. You know, people that go to the gym tend to hang out at the gym. So, you know, we were at, uh, when you and I were in Florida a few weeks ago, and this is something interesting about our area here in Georgia. There's not a lot of health food restaurants. I don't think anybody thinks of Georgia and thinks of health food restaurants, right? We think of deep fried but we're down there in Florida, and we're in this cool little area, Sarasota, Florida, mm. and we went to go eat, and there was this smoothie, and uh, they, they serve like other type food, like sandwiches and types of stuff. Well, come to find out, the people that walk into that sort of restaurant. Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Tropical Smoothie Cafe, shout out. Is there any money behind that? Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Uh, it's good stuff. Listen. Well, what we noticed, A, there was a long line to eat there, so... They're doing a good job. B, the, the people who stood in that line, now, Joe, this may, this may be a little politically incorrect. They look a little different well, than the people that I, see, that I see at McDonald's. Well, I'm just saying, when I'm in the line at McDonald's, oftentimes I can't see the cash register. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this line, I could clearly see the cash register. That makes sense? So, so what are you saying? I'm just saying the food that they're eating is producing a different result and attracting different people. So, Are you saying? So what I'm actually saying, no, stop. What I'm actually saying is environmentally, if that's what I want to look like, maybe I need to eat where those people eat. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> can, can you receive that? <laughs> I can. Okay. 
I can. It's true. Listen, we all know that eating McDonald's every day, it's a problem. It's going to make you fat. It's a problem. Let's just call it out. It's going to make you fat. Yeah, they don't serve their salads anymore. I don't eat there every day because I'd be fat. Yeah. Eating a, a smoothie every morning or every day with, you know, a little wrap with grilled chicken. A little grilled chicken. It's probably not going to get you fat. It's probably going to be a lot different outcome. Just, you'd have to eat a lot more. It of is them. about calories, but yeah. So that's an environmental thing, right? Big, big deal. So, you know, don't step in the restaurant that serves your favorite pizza if you've made a decision not to eat pizza. Yeah, probably a good idea. Uh, don't put in your refrigerator something that you've sworn not to eat for the next, you know, 60 days. Don't don't buy it. Don't don't let it be in your environment. That's what we're discussing you're, here. You're trying to quit drinking alcohol, quit going out with all your alcoholic buddies. Yeah, don't all go to bars. That's right. You know. Um but you know this all this is all this this does feel fairly cliche. Um the difference is you do got to sit down and actually map this out, right? Part of the process is who am I? Where are my struggles? What do I need to change in my business? And being that I'm a small business guy, uh, I have the most effect on the small business. So I got to look at me first. Well, and, and let's, let's don't uh, dance around this point. We, we hate doing all these things we're suggesting. I mean, uh, I, I would hate getting around new people that I don't know who have mastered something that I want to learn because when I walk in the first day, that means I'm the very worst at it. You know, the guy who has never played golf, who goes and plays in the group and his buddy's a scratch golfer, he feels 10 times worse at golf because he got in that group. Now, if he hangs out in that group over time, he's going to get a lot better quicker than if he plays with his friends who can't break 100. That's kind of what we're discussing here, but I don't want to skip over the point. That's hard to do. It is hard to do because as soon as you get around the guy that shoots 72 every time and you're sitting at 85, you begin to look at yourself as not as... Is good. What's you, wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Uh, I'm not the the player I thought I was. If you, you know, surround yourself with the millionaires, you and you're not the millionaire, then you you, you can shrink from that. But but uh, so it's it's all in, in proper dosage. But being around success is going to help you see see success differently too. Uh, so we have another one here. I think is uh, my favorite. We've talked about get rid of regrets. Talked about acceptance of what you cannot change and, the, and, and then the environmental change. Number four, we're going to call it the dry needling effect. The dry needling effect. Maybe a podcast. Here's what we're saying. In crises, the reason why you just can make decisions and, and can just just modify behavior so quickly is because the pain threshold got so high that it forced you to make the change. So the dry needling effect is this. Schedule the pain that's needed for the change. Schedule the pain. You're not going to do it on your own. So this does typically require a third party. Some people are pretty disciplined. They can do it on their own. Most people can't. And why do we call it the dry needling effect? Well, in physical therapy, there can come a point. That's one reason to use uh, dry needling. This is a buddy of mine, Randy, who, who told me about this story. So I'll, 
I'll relay it, but he's in physical therapy after a motorcycle accident, uh, did some therapy for whatever the time period was, you know, 10, 12, 16 weeks, whatever it was. And his arm did not regain, his shoulder did not regain full motion. And that was not really acceptable to him. He was like, we're done. He said, yeah, we're done. You've done great. He's like, well, no, I, I, my, my arm doesn't move full motion. I want full motion back. He's like, well, your, your therapy went great. You've done great. No, I won't. Mo okay. There is one solution, possible solutions, pretty effective. There's not too many things that can go wrong, although people can die from it, but it's not very common. <laughs> He's building up the pain. It's very painful, extremely painful, but fairly effective. It's called dry needling. What's dry needling? It sounds painful. Well, they, someone that knows what they're doing that's trained in this, they do. They stick dry needles in your muscle tissue where the motion is limited. They know where to stick it. Mm. And the, the intent is to so tire the muscle that it constricts to the point to where it can't do it anymore. It gets so tired and it just whew, completely relaxes because it's, completely outdid itself and but they do it with a dry needle there's no there's no medicine there's no they just freaking take a needle and start poking and they do it over and over and over and over again until they get the right places and the right effect well he he said it was su super painful but but instantly after it was done he had full motion it's crazy <laughs> that's crazy Vol so volunteering for that so are you going to Get the needle yourself, even if you knew how to, and dry needle your own shoulder? I don't think so. I mean, I get that there's heroes out there that cut their hand off to get out from under the rocks so they can save themselves, and then they sew it back up. I get that there's people. I get that. We're just, that's not normal. No, Most not people are not going to dry needle themselves. No, it's not normal. I, I would say it's more normal associated with chronic and severe pain where you just go, hey, this is my last out. Yeah, I'll go through torture to try to get to the other side. I think that it's far less common when it comes to some chronic behavioral pattern or some thought or some, you know, um, really some process that I'm waking up and going through to try to interrupt that. I think it's far less. Common. This is why I kind of like that story is because Randy was done. Physical yeah. therapy was successful. Yeah. At least in the doctor's mind, but not in his mind. Right. He wanted more. And so he went into the pain to get the more when most, most of, of, the, of the patients are okay with that, with that limited. I yeah. mean, metaphorically speaking, that's kind of the formula for all this stuff. You know, the, 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 the confronting of, of the regrets, the, the acceptance, all, all this stuff is really an appointment with yourself and perhaps somebody else very often to put you through some type of pain, <laughs> be, it, be it psychological or physical. So what are, I mean, can we come up with any examples in the business world around scheduling pain that you would do to create and motivate a change? Well, I think that we can come up with a lot of examples where we schedule things that we don't want to do. 
you know, ske- schedule things. Well, that's that, what we're talking about. That, yeah, schedule things that are just, you know, in a way are painful. And and the reason we're doing it, you know, I mean, look, you know, you and I have talked about a lot about kind of our new approach to marketing our business, which is kind of a new old approach. And it has a lot to do with cold calling. Who wants to talk to somebody they've never met? None of us like the phone call from the guy that we don't know. It's not something, by the way, the people calling you don't like it either. <laughs> so it's, they're doing it quite often. But it's proven to work. They're, they're doing it because the result they get is greater than the pain that they go through to do it. Now, the getting started part, like in all this stuff, frankly, you know, maybe Randy had a one and done, I'm not sure, but the, the getting started part is really, the, the, the pain's front-loaded on most all of these issues. Yeah, because, it, you know, your familiar past will become your future behavior. So if you can just change your familiar past. Then it becomes a good familiar past. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's the beauty of that principle, but it is that initial Period. Well, that's the thing to hold on to. I mean, how many how many people have ever walked into a therapy session with their wife and just looked forward to that two o'clock appointment all day? I can't wait to go do that counseling. Boy, that's going to be awesome. Absolutely not. That's going to be painful. It's going to be exposing. But again, session two, three, four, you know, it all gets easier as you go. Pain often is front loaded. Right. Hmm. But in the business world, pain is firing an employee, which means I've got to hire a new one, which is a risk. I've got to train somebody, which is a risk. Um, you know, changing my marketing strategy when it's not working. It's familiar. It's it's kind of got me here. It's holding me above water, but I'm not getting to the next level with it. Well, you mean I got to restart? I got to change my website. I got to you know learn new uh, approaches to marketing. I got to spend more money, maybe. Okay, these, these things are all, in, in our business context, associated with lots of pain. And, in fact, we push all these things off until we, that we get in the situation that it is so painful to continue, now we have no choice. Which, in another topic, when we begin to explore the world of leverage. Mm, that's the book I'm going to write, guys, leverage. We give away all of our leverage if we wait until the last second when we're in the most pain to do something. We do not. Not only that, we the, the the dealing with the pain now comes in inopportune times. It comes at a much higher cost because inopportune times, and you've got to now, you know, get the fire out, and you're paying whatever you're going to pay when you're in that kind of pain, That's right? right? That's right? So if you schedule the pain, meaning you're you're going into and, and you're. Your I'll give you. You know what? I'll give you an example of scheduling the pain. It's 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 uh it's it's one of our contractors, small business HVAC guy. For he's been on the show, William 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 Gilmer. He's been on the show on the Rental Property Hangover show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just for years struggling, trying to figure out how to grow an HVAC company outside of just him as the HVAC guy it's been a challenge um you know can't get the guys can't how do you get your website up i mean all the tenements of you know what software you're using the schedule do you go get a location or do you not all these decisions he struggled with and he bounces around and he he's just he's grown a little bit and he's shrunk he's grown he's shrunk and he's he's just beating the head against the wall going 
I keep doing this. I'm in this cycle. I can't get out of the cycle. I need to break the cycle. That's what he did. So what did he do? He decided that he would start investigating franchises, HVAC franchises, to see is, is there a company out there that I can partner with that would check so many of these boxes that I, that I can't check. Uh, and that's not going to work for somebody that removes all the pain. That's walking straight into the pain because you're going to write a check. You're going to introduce the new softwares. They're going to tell you what you can and can't do as far as your company logo, how you're dressed, what kind of cars you must have in the front. you got to have a business location that's got to meet these standards. But knowing that all those are all the things that you couldn't figure out, you need somebody helping you there, but you're, but you're walking into, and, he, and it has. It's been very much pain for him. The time, he's still got to make a living while he's doing it. He's spending money profusely, but boy, when he gets through that, that first six to 12 months of pain, <laughs> how worth it will this thing? And he's, he's already seeing the fruits of the three or four months he's, he's been doing it already. And I, I think that's a great example of scheduling the pain. That, that, just to find the franchise that you want to go do business with was painful. How do you do that? He said he read through through the entire franchise document, three hundred pages. Well, here, here's perhaps <laughs> this what, is painful. Per, here's perhaps what was at the heart of his but, decision but, but cool. making was it, it's more painful con, to continue the roller coaster, hmm. right? So I mean, the, the, there was not an escape from the pain. There was going to be pain, but but William did an analysis. This pain is actually sub, is actually grounded in hope in hope that is backed up through evidence reason to have hope in this scenario and so so that you know that that, that was a sounds like a decision well made there'll be more pain right we know that he's not at the end you know any small business owner is never at the end of their pain there's just different versions but yeah he's he has found some uh, uh, some pain that perhaps actually bring, brings the pleasure and the payoff much quicker than the other road he would have went down i mean he almost hit all tenements here of our show. He had to let go of some regrets. He did. He did. I couldn't do this on my own. I really thought I could do this on my own. You had to push that aside. He did an environmental change. He's got a whole new group of people around him. He's got a, he's got a, a new building. He's got new vehicles. He's got a whole group of people that he can hire from that they've pulled into the equation. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about his environment's changed. Um, you know, at, at some level, he's accepted what he couldn't change. That's why that's how he got here, right? There's some things I, I haven't been able to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then by actually going through the process to say I'm actually going to find a franchise that'll work, and I'm actually going to get—that's the dry needling, right? That's the, that's the physical therapy. That's the scheduled path to success. That check is a scheduled path too. Is a, is a scheduled pain point as well. Oh yeah, the old checkbook. Oh yeah, they but look, it. this is what franchises sell. This is why franchises they're in business is they're not pretending that. I mean, this exists in every version of that. We're going to put you through the ringer. You're going to pay. You're going to pay us to put you through the ringer, and then we're going to remove some of your decision making from you permanently in this relationship. By the way, for your own good, and and this this is this is a proven formula for success. No question. No question. So, which by the way, any third party you bring in 
who you're going to give yourself over to, to a degree and make these changes needs to prove that to you, by the way, maybe that's a whole nother show, but that needs that same process that William went through. You can do that when you're not desperate, when you not have allowed yourself to get all the way to the crisis. When you get to the crisis, you're, you're, you're now in the emergency hospital and you'll get the doctor that's sitting at the hospital. When, when they don't you, call in the expert. Maybe the guy that's on his first day. <laughs> when you're bleeding, you don't care, and you get three minutes to yeah. fix you. Yeah. Whoever's standing there is fixing you. You're uh, when you find yourself waiting in the line on Friday to cash the payday loan. Chances are, uh, you know, it's not going to be good. So this price. is all getting ahead of that, right? Yeah. That's that's really why we're discussing this. We're saying let's ahead of the crisis. I'll stay away from that. What are the steps you can do? to get similar kind of behavior change that you would in a crisis. You know, it's part two, how to reprogram uh, the unwanted familiar past. And I think we gave you know, four very strong points on, on how to do that. Absolutely. Can, okay. you, can you repeat those in a nugget size takeout bag? Here's the quick me? nugget. Let go of your regrets. Let go of the past that, that holds you back. Sometimes you got to do that systematically. You got to write it down. You got to realize what's, what, is, what is holding you back and you got to let them go. Uh, two is acceptance of what you cannot change. Quit, quit, quit hanging on to the things you cannot change. And that's, that's the things that, that maybe in you that you can't change. Also, it's probably more so the people around you. You can't change them. You can only change you. Um, three is the environmental change. Get into a new environment, new place, new friends, new relationships, new job if needed. And four is the dry needling effect, scheduling the pain. It's basically the physical therapy part of the process. You've broken it down a little bit. You've broken the tissue down some. I need physical therapy to, 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 to pull it back. And you need a doctor to help, help you get physical therapy because you are not going to pull your leg into a pain point by yourself. Mm. It's hard to do it. It's hard to do it. So those are the four that we've discussed, and uh, you know that's uh, is there a is there a, a session three part three here? Is it is there a is there a reprogram three? Or do we cover? Uh, no, I, I feel like there's a repro. I'm going to go ahead and announce now. There's a reprogram three okay. coming your way. Reprogram three, not don't know the title yet. You'll have to stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the big truths of small business. Joe and Travis signing out. We got the truth. We got the truth, we got the truth of small business. We got the truth, we got the truth, we got the big truths of small business. Sponsored by Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent, Yes I Rent Property Management. Replace good tents and collect your rent, maintain your properties and account for what? it. Truth, we got the truth, we got the truth, we got the big truth of small business sponsored by SRN.